A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. And in our haste to get the adventure going, we skipped over the training and practice step. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. So let's uh, let's do that right now because you might need every little bit of uh, skill, luck, or whatever to get through this one. So you could choose one: uh, change a personality trait, statistic, or passion. Train skills up to fifteen, or screen, train one skill up to twenty. Um, is it possible to train any combat skills? Yes, those are skills. Yeah, um, I want to become better at at the sword. Uh, it's quite appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so you want to? It's currently at eleven. I thought you said. Yes. All right. Um, so you're training. Get one d six plus one skill points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll roll that uh, d six. Three. All right, you have three points to put wherever you want, as long as it doesn't raise something up above 15. I raise my sword up to 14. Very appropriate, um, considering uh, this week's quest, actually. So you spent some time in Warwick uh, in the following spring, hunting and enjoying your time and proximity to the Lady Avielli. But at some point, um, you decided to go visit your old lord again, Sir Gregor. Um, you're welcome back um, to his household as you knew you would be, and you're you know you're dining with his table. He's already made his um, like you know required uh, boasting for the evening of all his great deeds. He he tells you once again about like any anyone who's slain a giant in the last few years is doing it because he did it first. Um, you know he's he's well in his in his cups. Um, is there, is there any news that you would like to share with them or any great boasts that you wish to proclaim? Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the stories of things that have kind of happened since we've last seen each other might have reached him. But, you know, I, I will kind of entertain him with the story about how uh, I took on a small handful, I'll say, of bandits. Uh, and, you know, they were kind of like all just just whacking on me and stuff like that. And I was kind of just like standing there like the invincible man as they kind of just so like I'll just, you know, I'll I'll return his boast with just like a little little war story of my own about, you know, these these jackasses who were trying to try to fight me and they couldn't even lay a good blow on me. And, you know, I scared scared most of them off. But one of them I actually have, uh, you know, working in my new in my new. Uh, my new land, you know? So as you're, you're telling the story, are you trying to like, you know, kind of pass it off? Like, Oh, it, it was nothing. And I'm just telling you, cause you asked, or are you trying to like, like, Hey, I'm proud of this thing that I did. Uh, it's not even like, it's, I just want to have like a, just an interesting story to tell him, you know, it's, it's not even like, 
it's just like a story from the road, I guess. Like, uh, like, yeah. And I, I know that he's like a, a guy that likes, you know, action packed stories and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really just trying to entertain him. It's really not about like, you know, him, you know, like being like proud of me or anything like that. I just want him to have like a fun drinking story to enjoy. Sure. Uh, why don't you roll me orate to just see how it um, turns out. Uh, yeah, that's a fail. A 13 on a three. Uh, it doesn't really, yeah, you had to be there. He listens politely. And, um, you know, as, as is his want, um, he poses the great Arthurian question of the age to you. Where's the adventure? Uh, you know, living where he does, Sir Gregor receives a lot of news and gossip. And each day and each night, he likes to, you know, relate some of that to passing nights. But tonight, he tells the story of the quest for the Red Blade. He begins... A magical sword is in possession of an evil king at the Castle of the Kite, a fortress in western Cambria. The king is reputed to use evil magic to maintain his youth, though no one knows what kind of magic specifically. Whoever gets the sword will benefit greatly, and the world would be a better place without this vile king. In what name does this king go by? Why, that is uh, uh, King Garan, of course, of the Castle of the Crane. Sorry, uh, let me uh, let me fix that. King Cadwallader of the Castle of the Kite. And, uh, you know, Golston will kind of just like listen intently to this story, you know, of this of this dark blade and this evil king. And, you know, I think he'll uh, he'll think about it for a while and he'll be like, I feel like such a quest is is fitting of a of a man such as myself. What, what would you think? a man such as myself proving his honor in such a way like he's starting to get like really like excited just like i'm gonna like i'm gonna do this quest like and he's kind of just he's asking um sir gregor kind of like what his input is but you can kind of see like he's he's standing up he's like starting to kind of like pace a little bit and just like really kind of like think about it and like really kind of like he's like already personally accepted it but he's like still asking Sir Gregor, like, for his, you know, his blessing, I guess. So, like, Sir Gregor's, like, giant caterpillar um, eyebrows are raised in excitement already. And he claps you on the shoulder and says, boy, I knew you'd be the knight for this one. So, um, he goes on to explain that, um, you know, there's a bit of a difference between a typical adventure and a quest. Uh, on an adventure, you take what comes and you gain glory as it comes. But on a quest, you gain extra glory after it finished. After you finish it, because you had sworn to do it beforehand, and you know everyone expects you to succeed when you swear to do th- do something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So what? What he says that having just sweared a pretty major oath. Uh, well, what's going on in Sir Gulliston's head? Oh, right, uh, Sir Gregor. I. Suppose I should tell you about some other rather large news in my life. Uh, I was in the company of Count Argulachar, uh, making my introductions upon my arrival to Lily Stream. And he told me the tale of Sir Burlot and his terrible grievance on as Sir Amran. As you mentioned, Sir Burlot, uh, he, uh, Sir Gregor spits on the ground. And like I've already seen two people do this now, so I like 
follow suit as well. Like I, it's like a little bit delayed, but he spits on the ground and then I kind of like watch him and then I, I spit on the ground too. Yeah. It, it becomes sort of like a Monty Python sketch where everyone just starts spitting on the ground inside the Kyle castle. It took me like a little while to p- pick up on the lingo, but now that I've seen like a second person do it, I'm just like, yeah. So I spit on the ground and I'm j- and then I'm just like, yes, uh, the count informed me of this terrible grievance that this vile, vile man inflicted upon Amran's family and intends to infri- inflict on Lady Avielli. I felt so enraged and so impassioned that I swore an oath that very moment that no man would lay any, that no man would do any harm to the Lady Avielli, and especially not this vile, vile person, Burlot. He puts his hand on your shoulder and says, I believe you, and I think you're the right man for this. But what do you say first about, you know, a little bit of peril, some adventure, maybe a chance to lay claim to the sword, Akuchok, and he kind of rolls that around in his mouth a few times to try to get it right. Um, well, the Red Death Blade. Indeed, I... I'd like to uh, experience as much adventure as I can before I, and then he kind of like shakes his head, you know, looking a little bit scared at this promise that he's made, you know, but he's not like shying away from it, but you know, it's probably kind of started to like sink in when his like temper went down a little bit, just like, Holy cow. I just kind of like made a, made a, an oath, you know, I swore an oath in anger basically against this man and uh, he kind of like just lets that sink in a little bit and he's just like i could i could be getting myself in some trouble right here uh but you know it's like he's he's not shying away from it this is something that he very much believes in and you know he he feels it inside and it's like uh he didn't really know it was possible to just like to to feel like values this strongly so like it just is something that and to him like this is what being a knight like this is what people talk about you know it's just like defending the honor of like an idea or like a person or a thing this is something that like he's feeling like true to life right now so he doesn't shy away but he definitely agrees that this is something that is very much needed all right so Basically, you'd be traveling through the wilds of Cambria, through the brooding kingdoms of Powell's, and then the Daifi River Valley, and it'll take you into the cursed kingdom of Mariel, which I, I have Welsh words in me are really difficult. So Sir Gregor goes on to explain that it's it's simple enough, as, at least as far as the Red Castle, um, from there... Uh, you can engage a local guide to uh, get you the rest of the way. So, assuming you're taking the quest. Oh, I am. So, I, I kind of like see this like an Indiana Jones where you're kind of traveling by line across the big map. So, you're like riding uh, southeast initially from Castle Terrible um, into the market town of Sta- uh, Stafford. I wonder where that came from. Uh, be turning, before turning south and then linking up with the old Roman road at the fortress of Pencridge, uh, where you overnight as guests of the castle um, the castellan of King Leodegrance of Camilliard, whom you probably remember from the tournament. 
Departing the next day, you follow a well-paved and sturdy road as it drives due west, fetching up the castle town of Shrewsbury on the banks of the mighty Severn as it lay the last rays of light fade into horizon. (sighs) From there, Count Orofice quenches your parched palate with some of a locally famous ale over a generous feasting board. Um, But now you're kind of entering foreign territory. Uh, the Count uh, provides um, a couple escorts the next morning, taking you even further into the hills of Powell's. Mid-afternoon breaks, and um, it brings you to the edifice of the Red Castle, which is ruled by the chief of the Kidwain tribe. Um, you're welcome warmly, um, but uh, can I get a courtesy roll to see how well you are received there? Um, that's a pass, a six on an 11. All right. Um, the, the local chieftain um, up, approves and treats you well and offers to lend you a holy man as a guide. Yeah, I definitely uh, will graciously accept. I need all the help I can get, especially um, having like the Lord's blessing and, um, you know, having, having God on my side. So um, the chief calls out, uh, to this, um, you know, like this um, friar who's kind of just like in the um, this in the background, and he says, uh, "Brother Dogmill here can show you the safest route over the mountains. Over the mountains, though, I advised against it. You'll be going west to the lands of the Kinfelong and the Merhilong tribes. Do not bother the peoples. Even your great King Arthur cannot help criminals in this land. Be warned." that the king of the crane is a thief and a liar and no friend to strangers. I appreciate this warning. Uh, I will absolutely heed to it. So you, you spend the night um, in the, in his, uh, in the red castle um, and with attention to start off the next morning. And you're realizing that this a, a lot of traveling and you haven't done this much um, overland traveling through woods and mountains since uh you went on the adventure of the best wine in the world. Actually, you're in a very similar area, so just you're a bit more northerly than you were that time. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely kind of sinking in on Goliston. Just it feels a little bit more foreign up here, uh, you know, and it feels a little bit more wild. And especially hearing the warnings, he's just feeling very wary of this whole adventure, but he feels it must be done. So, uh, and yeah. what's, what's life without some risk? So what's, what's your take on, uh, uh, the chief's, um, this on King Arthur and the King of the crane. Well, he, what did he say? He said that not even Arthur can help, uh, can help thieves. Uh, he said, uh, even your great King Arthur cannot help criminals in this land. And he said, uh, be warned that the King of the crane is a thief and a liar and no friend to strangers. Well, uh, I mean, I think I already, uh, Cadwallader is the uh, king of the crane, right? Uh, king Cadwallader is the king at the castle, the kite. Sorry, I wrote that down Yeah, because yeah, I said it wrong the first time. My apologies. Oh, okay, no problem. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, the fact that it was a diss at, at Arthur was kind of like lost on Goliston. He kind of took it as like, these lands are so wild that not even Arthur, you know, is able to, to keep a rein on that. But I mean, I guess that is actually quite an insult because Arthur is the freaking King. So, I mean, I don't think I would, uh, 
I'm trying to like figure out if that would irritate my my honor towards Arthur. Um, but I, I would definitely ask like, what is your what is your grievance with the uh, with the Lord of the Castle of the Crane? He's a thief and a liar. No friends of this land. And he kind of like thumps a spear on the ground. You probably have the idea that it's kind of like a like a local rivalry of a neighbor, maybe. Yeah, like a it's it's like a personal dispute, maybe like a money issue or something like that. And uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pry him. Uh, and but like uh, internally, like mentally, what I'm thinking is like that's that's a personal matter between two men, and it's not really for me to get involved. And uh, I won't like um, argue with what the man is saying, but I won't uh, I won't give credence to it either and and entertain it. That, that's fair enough. Um, so yeah, the next morning uh, from the castle kite, ca- ugh, from the red castle, you travel west with. Um, you know, brother Dogmail is your guide, and he's like riding a like a sturdy mule. But the entire time, he's complaining of like his sore back and like you know, his gout afflicted ankles. But uh, nevertheless, he knows the way. Yeah, so I will kind of, uh, I will kind of just like let him uh, be a guide. I will kind of like try to give him a feeling of protection, like he's you know he's protected guiding us but i will kind of like let him take lead and and be the one instructing where we go uh and i'll be kind of like talking to him very politely the whole time like he's a religious man uh i'm a a christian myself and uh you know i i feel like i'm not like the best at being a spiritual person but it is uh you know it is something that i'm into and i'm glad to have him along so you know, if he if he says anything religious, I'll definitely be like listening and, and agreeing and uh, just kind of trying to be like as respectful and like kind of like putting him on a bit of a pedestal, I guess. Yeah. Do you want to roll your religion skill just on the off chance you can find common ground? Uh, that's a fail. An 11 on a three. Yeah, he, he's but when you get into it, he's all about like some of the local saints and you're like probably thinking to yourself I'm pretty sure that's not canon but whatever i never knew that a, a goat or a dog could be a saint but okay like if you say so no but yeah like whatever he says i feel like uh since i don't really know better anyways i'm just like you know he'll probably be like talking about whatever and it's it's not like how i remember or was taught and i'm just like i father yeah absolutely probably thinking like damn i need to learn how to read <laughs> Anyways, um, sometime in the afternoon, after passing most of the day without seeing another soul, while riding west along the ridge, uh, you reach a downslope and can see a valley from below. Uh, visible is a very tall wooden tower, five stories um, tall, and atop of it is, um, you know, it's some big shape. Could you give me a hunting roll? Uh, that's a fail, a 13 on an 11. Yeah, you... Y- it's some big shape. You're not sure if it's like some sort of like like big statue or some sort of weird um like art project or whatever, or if it's like a dragon. Um so you but it appears to be some sort of like like mythical creature on top of it. And as you you, you probably um assume it's part of the castle's design, but as you approach um approach closer, like its head turns at you 
and its eyes open and like they're like the size of your shield each and it's like towering like an additional story above this tower you can see like all this you know white droppings like cascading down the side of it and it like opens its beak and since you're kind of far away it takes some time for the sound to get you but it's like Golston is like in complete shock right now and uh, he's probably frozen in his tracks and I'm guessing everybody else I I mean he's kind of waiting to see if anybody else has words for what's happening right now Uh, but he probably wants to ride away as fast as he can away from this thing you're the knight Uh, do you want to make a valorous roll yeah okay so that's a pass that's an 8 on a 15 Uh, you should check your valorous Um, maybe it's because you've are so surprised about it or something but uh like yeah it's it's terrifying but you you're you're doing a lot better than like uh other members of your party like um you know let's see how baldrick's doing uh yeah baldrick is like you you look to to the horse and you like you see like liquid running down uh his leg oh my god oh, of course he did of course he did get yourself together man uh, yes, sir. And like, as you, uh, as you're like, kind of like looking um, and seeing like the, uh, uh, this giant bird thing kind of looking like, like directly at you, it like hasn't left its perch, but like the, like the wooden enclosure, like a gate opens up and like six um, armed men come riding out from it and are headed towards you. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm just uh, going to wait for them and uh, see what they say when they come up. And uh, I don't really know what, what I'm going to do if they ask what my business is, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So uh, metaphorically, you get closer to the bridge as um, the the armed men um, ride up to you on like stout little ponies and their leader kind of um, raises his hands and says, Hill Traveler! Who are you? Where are you from? And what is your business in this land? My name is Sir Goliston. I I represent uh I'll say I represent the land of Lily Stream and more importantly I represent King Arthur and his kingdom. I come for the red blade and I just like uh give a mean look in my eyes. Like so, a yeah. cold look. Um you see the the man um looking at his companions. And says, "Well, well, then you better come with us. Then, uh, our, my lord and king, uh, King Garand, would probably know a lot more about that. Be not afraid. Your guest here, and uh, I will kind of uh, appraise him a little bit, trying to uh, see if he's being truthful in that. And then I will, um, you know, kind of like release my tension a little bit. My hand is is not on my sword or anything like that. And I will give yeah. him a nod, and uh, we'll we'll ride on. Yeah, check your trusting." Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, out of character, like, um, I don't have like a cover story for this. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I feel like I was going in with so much kind of like gusto about like, we're, we're going to do the adventure. Like we're going to get the red blade. And like, uh, you know, I, I think in his like heroic vision of this, he was going to just barge it and take the blade. And now that he's trying to kind of like act that out now, he's like, oh shit like we're at a we're at another person's castle right now and like here i am like spouting demands like i don't i don't know if i've uh bitten off more than i can chew 
but he at the same time he's like but i am a knight so so the leader of the um the men-at-arms introduces himself as band and he escorts you to through the uh, wooden enclosure through the palisade and to a wooden stairway that ascends to the door on the second level of a tower and into a hall at the far end sits um what you presume to be uh king garand he's um you know kind of a you know he, he he's middle-aged and he has um some like long black hair with like some you know streaks of silver going through it um but then uh he says, uh, welcome young knight to my, my castle. Um, so, uh, so why are you here? Um, I'll give him like a courteous, uh, bow. And, um, I will say, um, I seek information on the legendary red blade. Ah, yes. The the red death blade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I would very much like to see that. Um, I would be. Uh, yeah, no, know a little bit about that. And uh, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of trying to read him. Is he, does he look surprised by me, sus- suspicious of me? Um, does my presence like alarm him in any way? I mean, he seems pretty nonchalant, but if you'd like to roll trusting deceitful to see how you're getting a read on it. Okay, so I failed my trusting and I passed my suspicious. Well, maybe uh, maybe he does know something, but uh, who wouldn't want a Red Death Blade? So he does say to you, I swear to you that even though I would have a claim to the weapon, I do not seek it. But I would uh, rejoice in King Cadwallader losing it. And I'd be willing to, you know, lend some assistance to those who might avenge my ancestors. It's a deep front danger, and I would not attempt it myself, nor allow my men to enter my foe's land. But if you're already headed there, I might uh, be willing to help you out. Then it pleases me that I've met your acquaintance, because I do seek to, or, or, sorry, let me restart that. I'm basically going to say, ah, so you seek this, but you do not wish to go yourself. Well, I believe I can be of quite use to you if you if you were to lend any kind of assistance possible. Uh, I am, and he's going to kind of just be like, like I believe myself capable of of uh, retrieving this blade, and I'd be honored to help you gain closure in this grievance against you and your ancestors. And he's going to be like, uh, at this point, he's going to be trying to uh, appeal to like. Paying, uh, paying him like a lot of respect. All right, all right. Uh, I'll tell you all about the, you know, the the red dead blade and my ancestors over dinner. But um, would you swear to me that if you do manage to pry the blade loose from um, King Cadwaladar, that on your way here or on your way back, you bring it through here, so I may deign see it before it forever departs my water realm. Indeed, that is a fair request. Uh, one that I would be willing to honor. Excellent. Well, in that case, once you uh, uh, get washed up, get changed, and um, we'll have a short feast to celebrate your arrival. Olson likes the sound of that, and uh, yeah, a smile instantly grows on his face. Um, so let me, in my notes, really quick. Um, 
King Cudwallader is like the evil king of a uh, castle kite that has the red death blade right now, right? Yes. Um, okay. So King Cadwallader is the evil king at the castle of the kite who currently um, has the red death blade. King Garen is of the castle of the crane where he currently is at. And he has offered to lend you assistance if you let him see it on the way back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I definitely uh, think that's like a more than fair request. And uh, I'm going to like agree to that, to that promise. Sorry. In my head for a second, I thought that like when we initially rode up to this castle, that the castle we were like actually at was, uh, was Cudwallader's castle. So I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm here. There's like a fucking monster outside and the guys are coming to like, see what's up. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, I'm basically fucked. I'm here for the sword. <laughs> They're just going to cut me down like outside right now. But yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely very happy to have found like a sympathetic friend in this situation and like somebody that, uh, you know, wants the, the same thing done as I want done. Uh, so like I'm, I'm going into this feast uh, feeling pretty jovial and I'm going to kind of like celebrate, I guess, as if it was, you know, as if it could be my last. Excellent. And as you know how much I love feasts, so we'll we'll have a, a quick um, you know, you're you're not like you're you're a respected knight now, so um, you know, he'll and you know, he you just did um offer to do like you know, deprive his enemy of a weapon and like let him see it. So um he's willing to the feast you. So let's see what the first uh, course would be to that feast. Um <laughs> uh do you want do you want to guess what the first course is? Uh I don't know. Is it like lamprey or something again? Uh no, it's actually your favorite food. No way. It's yeah. it is not. It is spices. Seriously? Hold, hold dry spices to aid in digestion. And you know, good thing there's a second course because that that'd be suck that suck it. That was the only thing you're eating. Did this guy hear about me? Um, as you ask that, he's like, no, I haven't, my dear sir, but uh, perhaps you could tell me of some of your exploits. Oh, well, I-, I did not come here to brag about myself, but you must know this is my favorite food. Well, I'm glad to hear that um, you're so appreciative of my hospitality. But, um, you know, it goes both ways. I'll trade you a story if you uh, tell me one first. Ah, okay, absolutely. Uh, is there anything you wish to know about you? Perhaps um, you're you're not from these lands, and I've I haven't heard of Sir Gulliston. Tell me a story by which to know you. Well, uh, I hail from the land of Huntington. I squired under the great Sir Gregor, and eventually became a knight. Yes, but what of your heroic deeds? Come on, tell me something exciting. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of like, you know, I, he, he'll have to kind of like pry it out of me a little bit, but I'll be like, okay, well, well, uh, I suppose there was this one time. And then, you know, I kind of get into the whole story about just that like first kind of adventure I went on with Baldrick, um, you know, where, you know, like, I, and I'm telling him about this, you know, ethereal dog. And then I'm telling him about my stay at that bizarre castle in that 
just that whole thing with the um like the song of the swan or whatever and the in the wine and just like just that whole kind of like crazy dilemma and i tell him like the full story just like um kind of like scene for scene like uh just so just to kind of try to like make it entertaining again but i don't know uh romy orate oh my god phil <laughs> it's just like me describing it in real life I'm like the the thing the 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 <laughs> so you're telling the tale and one of the one of the servers actually drops a like a metal serving platter and it rings and rings and rings and you could see you could see king garan like like looking from you to the the tray and back to you and then he lowers his head and says oh the poor tragedy of count gwynar you knew him and I imagine there's just like this uh, metal cup that's just falling down the stairs. And each time it's just like, ding, 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 like each stair. And it's just like loud as all hell. Um, and uh, who is he referring to? Sorry. Count Such Gwynar, a bad memory with me. Yeah, sorry. Count Gwynar, um is the host and lord of the castle, um, in which uh, you met, you know, the Countess Triamore and his advisor, Sir Seething. And- uh, oh, yeah. So then I'll say uh, only briefly in my quick stay. Uh, why? Well, heaven rest his soul. Uh, the entire kingdom was washed away by a great tidal wave. Just not this past year. Golestin is silent at that. He's like, I, I had no idea. I, I, I did not know. I, apologies for bringing up uh, any unpleasant you know, memories. It is okay. Um, he is a neighbor to to the south, um, but you know we don't really ha- we haven't had any contact uh, with him. And then the wine stopped coming, and it is truly tragic to perish in such a way. Yeah, and your thoughts kind of think back to the the dike and wave, waves threatening to spill over at any moment and wash away all those magical cities with all those rich peasants and like probably imagine in your head like the screams of all these families as they're crushed beneath like so much water yeah like he's thinking back to that time where he was kind of like on horseback just kind of like looking out onto those dikes with the waves just like crashing against them and just kind of like you know it seemed tumultuous then but uh you know he, he can clearly just imagine how something like that would just uh you know, grow in power and just overcome everything. And it's like having been there, he can like mentally visualize it. And it's very grim for him. Yeah. And you hear the whines of Kelly in the stables, um, not too far away as he's crying out a lament because he too was from that land. Oh my God. Like, I'm going to like, I'll probably be talking. And then as I hear that, I'm just going to like completely just like, just cut myself off and I'm going to like stand next to the nearest window. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to um, summon Garen forward to to listen. And I'm going to be like, "This is my horse. Like, do you hear this? He's singing right now. This horse is a truly gifted and magical being." He passes his trusting role and puts his hand on your shoulder. And says, "We all deal with stress in strange ways, but uh, oh let, my God. let us, uh, you know, move on to a happier topic." How do you feel about a feast card? <laughs> yes, of, uh, of course, of course. Wow. 
Golston does not have the gift of gab. All right, for round two, oh my gosh, uh, an the the dish that is served is an almond omelet. Yeah. All right. So feast card, flirt, drink, something else. Yeah. After I eat, I'm probably just going to just drink a bunch of wine and chat. I'm not going to really dance or anything like that this time. I'm definitely not going to flirt because, uh, you know, my, my heart is somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, I think I just want to like drink wine, eat and shoot the shit. Okay. So, um, you want to, uh, check your indulgent. So, you know, the, the feast gets settled down and, at some point, um, King Garen um, settles down with his own cup of wine to share the story of King Garan. Begins, My ancestor is Kunata Imperator, descended from the line of Belly the Great. King Kuneta came from the far north to this part of the mountains in the invitation of the High King in order to combat the Irish who had settled where- hereabouts. With him was his son, Ionian the Imp- Impietus, Impetuous, sorry, who was later King Gomrit after Cuneta, and also of this land, the son of Tipion of Cuneta. Tipion had gained the sword, the Red Death, on the on a great adventure, and had died in a noble battle long before his family moved to Cambria. During the fighting, Merchion slew the Irish leader Belly, son of Benelli the Giant, and as a reward was given the lands of the Seni and Dovi rivers as his fief. It is called, it is still called that after him. It is still called after him, uh, Marionid. He lived with wisdom and justice. Uh, Marionchen had three sons, Cadwaller, Cadwallen, and Bellidud. The youngest was a holy man and fathered many holy people who wished no possessions of this earth. King Merchelion uh, left all his lands to the elder, Cadwaller as is his custom, and left the sword to the younger, Cadwallan. Though Cadwallan served his brother loyally and well, it was insufficient uh, because a kingdom was just not enough. Cadwallar had to have the sword as well. Cadwallan was sent on a mission and disappeared, but the sword returned to Cadwalder. Naturally, everyone suspected foul business, but they were silenced. When the son of Cadwallan came of age, he demanded his father's sword, but was refused and barely escaped with his life. This son of Cadwallon was Gordon. He was a good man who married well. He collected many loyal followers and often raided his uncle's land, driving off many cattle and sheep. He obtained the support of the king of Gomrit, and they invaded the valley where the evil king lived. Though they were more numerous, they were slain to the man because Cadwalder was the sworn subject of the good, of the, sorry, of the evil god Idris, who sits upon a great throne, a mountain in that land. Giard was the son of Gordon. He was with Emperor Machin Willig and helped him to become emperor. He heard of the adventure of the crane and left the army to pursue that and achieved it because it was his most, he was the most just man in the world. He returned to his birthplace here and built a tower and the wall that you see. The crane, the objective of the quest, is the mighty creature that sits atop the tower and warns us of any strangers who approach. Being the crane of justice, it is attuned to the unjust king Cadwalder and has warned us whenever he has attempted to attack us. 
the powers of Idris cannot reach this far. So we had driven off every raid and invasion. Giard had a son named Gilthon, my own father, who bequeathed his patrimony to me. Each of us, in turn, has resisted the evil designs that our own king had thus had thrust upon us without success. Each of us has attempted to obtain the sword. Giard and Gilvan both died while trying to receive it. We have all failed. Then he looks to you. This sad tale is to warn you. Your journey bears great danger. I bid you consider this overnight if you wish to pursue it. I will help you, as I said, with directions to the castle of the kite. I only ask this one thing. Swear that you should succeed in obtaining the sword. You must return to my castle to bring it to me. For I would fain look upon it before it departs my land forever. Well, of course, if I am able to retrieve this weapon, uh, it would be my greatest honor to to uh, to let you look upon it. Um, I make no promises that I will be able to complete this task, uh, for it sounds like uh, I might be one of a long line of men who have died in this endeavor, but. Uh, if I am, if God is on my side, on my side, and I do succeed, uh, yes, I will grant you this promise. He looks at you and says, "That's twice now you swore to me." But, Indeed, uh, and I'll swear it again if if you insist. Oh, surely it wouldn't come to that. Um, but he offers to uh, lend you some sure-footed ponies to aid you in crossing the difficult terrain. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll need all the help we can get. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.